Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Thank you, Father. Come on, lift your hands wherever you are. Lord, come and fill this place by your spirit this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Your word says where two or three are gathered, there you are in our midst. Father, I pray that by your spirit this morning, you would move upon hearts and minds, that transformation would take place in our lives, Lord God, that that weights and burdens would lift, that fears and anxieties would dissipate, that faith would come, Lord God, like a river bubbling on the inside, that we would be filled afresh this morning, that we would encounter you, our good and loving Father. Lord God, we love you. We lift up the name of Jesus in this house. We give all glory and honor to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on, can we put our hands together this morning? Thank you, Father. God, we worship you. God, we worship you. Why don't you give somebody a hug this morning or a kiss on the cheek if they're not your partner or just tell them they look good, they smell good, you're glad you're sitting next to them this morning. Lorraine, it is so nice to see you in church. Great to have you back. I know you've been through a tough trot and had some surgery, but it is awesome to have you in church. We had so many away. Last week, we had nearly 170 in service. Who was here for Jurgen Leanne last week? If you weren't here, you need to listen to the podcast. It was an amazing weekend uh, with Pastors Jurgen Leanne, who are our C3 uh, America's oversight. Uh, they are on the global executive of C3 as a movement. And we made a really uh, cool announcement that uh, we're going to be joining their family, becoming a campus of San Diego. They're the biggest church in our movement. We've kind of had like 24 years of relationship, Melissa and I, with them. And it just uh, it means that we can move readily and steadily towards the future, supported uh, by big people, big friends. And it's going to help us with tech, with music, with, with everything that we do. We're going to have them coming through a lot to preach all the way from San Diego and their team. And it's just exciting days. So uh, I'm excited that we're going to be able to do more uh, for God and for our community through this connection and this partnership. So if you weren't here, please listen to the podcast from last week. It was amazing, and uh, we just had a really cool time celebrating. Mark, it is really nice to see you here with your beautiful bride. Can we put our hands together for Mark and Nicole? Recently married. You guys are amazing. It's nice to see you, man. It's awesome. And uh, just before I get underway and preach the Word, who's ready for the Word this morning? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be life-changing, life-transforming. And who knows inherently in the life of a Christian, there is the need to change. Anybody perfect? Nobody need to adjust it? Well, he can pretty well do everything, except I did see the dancing on the video. Uh, So there is need for slight change somewhere, but we need to change. We're, we're, We're born in the image of God, but we were born also of corrupted seed. I've got a little issue that I'm going to take up with Adam and Eve when I get to heaven. It's like you had one job. There was just, just one thing you weren't allowed to do, and you did that one. But we were born of corrupted seed, meaning our nature, there's a, there's a sinful nature that we're born with. Every single one of us, it's, it's no exemption and, and no leave pass. That's just us. But God, in His graciousness, sent Jesus Christ so we could be reconciled back into the, the perfect state and nature that we were created in. And, and, but we need to walk a journey to get to the end, to get to 
where God wanted us to be. But before I start, just these two two ladies from Melbourne, I just felt like when we were worshipping that I got a, a word for you that God's going to orchestrate a divine turnaround. Uh, that it's been a tough journey and not of your own doing, that there's certain things that have happened that have grieved you and brought anxiety and weight to your world, uh, but God says you're about to enter into a time of peace and I'm going to flow towards you by my spirit and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make right what's wrong and what the devil meant for evil, I mean for good and I just see the hand of favor and blessing coming upon your life today, so be blessed. I'm really glad you could join us this morning. Come on, let's give God a hand this morning. I love the Word of God. I love the Spirit of God that moves and just brings encouragement to people. Amen? George, you're an absolute legend. You're one of the most faithful brothers I've ever met. And you're talented and you're gifted, but you've just got an amazing heart. And you truly are a real blessing. And, and so I just wanted to honor you this morning. All of our team are magnificent. So to our team, thank you. But George, honestly, in the midst of trial, in the midst of going through really tough stuff for a good few-year period now, you've remained soft and let your heart stay soft. And, and I truly honor you because... Uh, Great days are ahead, and I can just see God smiling on you and, and get ready to walk into the dreams and desires that you have. You've, you've put some stuff out there as a fleece before God, and I see it all starting to happen and come to pass. Amen? Amen. It happened. It happened. I got glasses, and then this morning when I was picking my glasses up, my, Melissa goes, are you going to wear them? I'm like, well, why did I get them if I'm not going to wear them? <laughs> and you're going to... I either wear them or you have a very fuzzy sermon this morning, so. Do I look smarter? Do I look like George? <laughs> the funny thing is, my long side is perfect, my short side isn't, so I, I, got I got lenses, but I didn't tell the girl that I need to preach, and so she just gave me reading glasses, so I put the, the glasses on and it's perfect, and then I look, but it's the as. So I had to send the glasses back and get transition, or not transition, what are they? Multifocal or some, something. So if I'm looking over the top, I'm still getting used to them. Amen. Hey, did anybody watch Transformers as a kid? You're dating yourself and aging yourself now. So, so we're in our transformation series. God wants to transform your life. God wants to take you from where you are to, to where he designed you to be. Uh, but, you know, when I was a kid, I loved Transformers. I loved Optimus Prime. I loved, yeah, well, you had the Autobots, you had the Decepticons, you had, you had good versus evil. But, but the, the Transformers, Optimus Prime was a prime mover. He was a semi-trailer. Uh, he, he, he drove along the highway. But then in a moment when the enemy was coming in, he would transform into the leader of the Autobots. Uh, uh, does anybody know the tagline from Transformers? Well, that's one. <laughs> and the other one? More than meet Transformers, more than meets the eye. You've been designed to reflect more than what can be seen by the eye. There is more in you than you recognize. There is more in you than you utilize. There, is, there has been more created for. God wants you to be a transformer, somebody that can walk through life and situation and circumstance and adapt to what's coming against you. Does that make sense? That, that, that you aren't just who you feel you are. You aren't just what other people see. Uh, th there is more to you and, and get flexible and fluid to the change that God wants to do in and through you. Anybody watched Iron Man? Shivers, I need to get you people out to the movies a little bit. We're having a movie night. I'm going to leave them on. I know, but I'm... Uh, uh, 
pray for my wife, which I'm transforming into a better husband, <laughs> a more compliant, more, yes, dear, yes, baby, I'll keep them on. Is any, I, with Iron Man, you've got Tony Stark. Tony Stark is an inventor. Tony Stark is a brilliant mind, uh, but Tony Stark invents the Iron Man suit, and he, he steps into or is transformed into Iron Man, and when he gets into the suit, that is created and the, the first one's a little bit more primitive and he has to step into it and it comes around and by the second, third and fourth movie, he just stands there and clicks his finger or whistles or and the suit comes to him. Well, there's a transformation like, like, like with Clark Kent being the mild-mannered reporter who, who wears glasses and can't do much except stumble, ar stumble around in life. Uh, but then he gets into a telephone booth and, and is transformed into Superman that can do super things and mighty things, just like Optimus Prime, just like Clark Kent, just like Tony Stark, central to our faith is our need to be transformed. From who we are in our created, corrupted state to who God intended us to be. And I love, uh, I love what it says in 1 Peter 1, 13 to 21. It says, therefore, gird up your loins, the, the, up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace. Our transformation is life is a grace bestowed upon us, a gift given to the, the, the fact that we have the ability to transform is a grace that God gives us. It's not of ourselves. It's not in our own doing. It's through the work of the cross and through the resurrection of a Jesus Christ that we can enter into a transformed state. Uh, through the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. God is holy and he expects us to be holy or to be transformed into holiness, to reflect his goodness and his nature in the earth. We're not there. No one's there. I'm not close. I'm being transformed daily. But for me to be transformed daily, I have to commit to the process of transformation. Most people want transformation to be a moment, but it, it's a process. It, it, it's a journey. Most people want uh, to, to go, you know, it says in 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 17, anybody that is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Yes. Yesterday I'm sinning like a, a wild man and I, I've got a mouth like a trucker and I'm smoking and I'm drinking like a fish and I'm, I'm a wild man. Now I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation. Yes. No. You're still who you were, but now you're saved. There's a process of you to transition and to transform into what you've been saved into. Does that make sense? Oh, shivers. Don't, that's, oh my gosh, this is, this is freaking me out. And transfer, I, I love what Katie said before about Kanye West and about a revelation that he had. And the world is going mad right now about Kanye West. Is he saved? Is he not saved? Will he fall? Won't he fall? Are you saved? Will you fall? They're all the same. We're all, it doesn't matter if you're a billionaire musician, you, you know, media mogul, or, or your average Joe Black. It doesn't. When you step into Christ, you have an opportunity to be transformed. And the man is on a journey of transformation. And he's, he used to call himself God. He used to call himself Jesus. He used to say, I am the king. Now he writes a, an album called Jesus is King. 
And then the, 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 they're saying, this is just a ploy. He wants to make money now out of the Christians, not just out of the you know, secular world. And so he gets asked on, on late night television, uh, is your next album going to be secular? He goes, why would it be? There's only one king. I can only write about him. His revelation and his journey of transformation is leading him. One of the, the world's leading uh, composers and musicians and rappers to say, I was wrong, but I've had an encounter. That encounter is leading towards my transformation. I think it was James Corbin was saying, what do you do at night? Because he's married to Kim Kardashian. And he goes, well, I play with the kids and then I go and read my Bible. He goes, no, no, no. What do you really do? He goes, I read my Bible. I don't watch television. I don't fill myself with junk anymore. I read my Bible and I go to bed. He goes, well, what does your wife do? She goes, well, she, she watches television. So, so we're all in different and varying, you know, positions on the journey, but who cares? It, it, I need to keep my own backyard clean. I need to commit to the journey of transformation for me and not worry about anybody else because I'm not going to be judged for somebody else's journey. I'm going to be judged for what did you do with what I asked of you? Because I came into your world and I saved you and I, and I graced you and bestowed eternal life upon your life. But did you journey the journey? Psalm 84 says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, who has set his heart on pilgrimage. Life is a journey. I want to encourage you. It doesn't matter where you are on the journey, on the path of life, on the, on the path of faith. I want to encourage you, step out every day. Lord, lead me today. Lord, I, I may not be where I want to be. I may not be what you created me to be, but I'm journeying towards the creation and the perfection that you have for my life. Amen? You know, in Romans 12 too, it says, it's, it says, don't be conformed to the world. Kanye, by his own admission, would say, I was conformed to the world. I used the world's ways, the world's tools, the world's system to create a kingdom for myself. But now I don't do that anymore. And, and he was saying, you know, how do you know you're saved? He said, I, I'm, I'm awake. I've come awake. I've been awakened to the reality of God in my world. And uh, it's don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. I love, don't be conformed. But what, what this shows me is that change is possible. Have you ever heard it say, I, I can't change, this is my upbringing, this is what I'm used to. I can't change, this is what happened to me, and as a result of what happened to me, this is who I am. You can change. You can change through God, through the, the power of the Spirit in your life. I love what it says in Acts, it says, uh, and, and they were filled, they were endued, or they were clothed with power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. And their lives were transformed because they had the power of God on the inside of them. 1 John says, uh, 5, 4 says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So stop, don't be conformed through your, be renewed. Let your mind be renewed by the truth and the word of God. Let the word of God, the promises of God, wash over your mind, wash over your soul. Let it be renewed so that you see through the eyes of Christ, not, not through the, the, the filter of the world that says it has to be this way. 2 Corinthians 5, I, I shared this before. If anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. I want to I suggest this morning, we need Jesus. We need Jesus. To be transformed, we need Jesus. We have to have a desire, a heart, a hunger. The Bible says, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. When you're passionate about finding God, you'll find him. When you're desperate to see God, you will see him. Uh, when, when you want to, if you, if you will search for him, you will find him. And, and it's called being born again. It's called being born again of a different nature. In John 3, 3, it says, Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. No 
one can see the kingdom unless they're born again. Uh, being born again is a decision we make. It's a gift we're given, but a decision we make to take a hold of it. And I guess, you know, what's the, what's the definition of transformation? And the definition of transformation is a marked change in form, nature, or appearance. A marked change in form, nature, or appearance. And the Greek word meaning for this is metamorpho, which emphasizes a total change from the inside out. You see, the world's trying to change themselves from the outside in. If I have a different haircut, if I wear different clothes, if I drive a different car, if I've got a different watch, a bigger house, uh, then, then that will be who I am. But that's not who you are. Who you are comes from the inside out. It's about nature. It's about the core of the being, not, not what we clothe the being with. And, you know, our English word metamorphosis comes from this word, metamorpho. Can I put that picture up for a second, Morgie? I love this. I saw this the other day. I, I <laughs> you've changed. We're supposed to. We're supposed to change. It's a requirement. It's a necessity. It's a, a you, you, will, you will live unfulfilled and uncontented because you will know the truth, but the truth won't have done anything to you if you just walk as you used to walk before you knew Christ. Because when you entered into relationship with Christ, when you got a revelation of, of a good and loving Savior, I've, I've got a cheerleader on the front row and I, I, I can sort of see her, but you've got a picture. Fantastic. Now you've changed. I, sh I should change. You've changed. Sorry, baby, you're throwing me. Um, oh good, I'm coming back to the picture. One second. We're meant to change. We're meant to become all that God's called us to be. And, and as I said, real change is a process, not a destination. It's a pro commit to the process. The process is painful at times. The, 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 the process can take you off track to what you thought you would be doing. There can be left turns, but, but commit to the process. Commit to the process of God, make me who you've, you've created me to be. God, help me, empower me, uh, uh, anoint me to be who you've called me to be. And as it is with a caterpillar becoming a butterfly, so it needs to be with each of us. It's, it, it's a process. It, it's, it's time spent with God. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, I am sure of this that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. If you've started a journey with Christ, just walk that journey out. Because what he's started in you, he'll bring to completion. Philippians 1.6 says, By these he has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desires. 2 Peter 1.4 says, We are all with unveiled faces, are reflecting the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory that is from the Lord who is the Spirit. We are all being transformed into the same image of God. And I don't know about you, but the, the earth needs to see us in our transformed state. For, for us to effectively preach the gospel, and you don't need to use scriptures or words for that, your life preaches the gospel. But for us, we need to allow ourselves to be fully transformed for the world to truly see and accurately see a good and loving Father. And, you know, I, it's been just on a year now since I got my new hips. A year. So it's, what are we, on the 24th? On the 13th of November last year, I had my double hip transplant. And uh, it was cool because for 10 years I'd been bone on bone. For 10 years I'd been in agony. Uh, my, my body had started forming growths to try and protect the joints in between my, my, the, the femoral head and my pelvis. Uh, and I'd be driving along and I was in so much pain, but my legs would lock. 
that I'd actually have to put my foot under my my arm under my leg to, to brake or accelerate while I'm on the, you know on the freeway. But it was for ten years I'd been like that. But on that day and after a five and a half hour operation, I had new hips, brand new hips, sixty thousand dollar titanium hips. I you know in a moment like it, it, I, I I had bad hips and then I had brand new hips. But my brand new hips didn't reflect a transformed life. I had brand new hips and I couldn't even get out of bed because my each leg was as, as big as both of mine put together. When, when I was laying there 24-7 for the first 10 days, ladies would come and put bags of ice on my legs and it was less painful to be frozen than to have the pain without it. So, so, so I had brand new hips in five and a half hours. I gave my life to Christ, I'm a new creation. But I had brand new hips, but I couldn't walk. So for the first two months, I was laying on my back, incapacitated. The best I could do might be 10 steps a day, and then I'd fall back into bed, kind of grieved and mentally anguished and in pain, and I'd get another, another set of drugs, and I'd take those. So, so that's after two months, and I'm, then I'm doing rehabilitation, and I'm, there's, there's a process attached to my brand new hips functioning. So I'm doing stretching, and I'm doing strengthening exercise and I've got bands and then I'm, I'm pulling myself up and out of bed and then I've got a walking frame and I'm in my walking frame and, and I'm using this walking frame to get me to, I used to be able to walk but I was in pain, now I have brand new hips but I'm still in pain. But unless I commit to the process of doing what the physiotherapist says, my hips will be useless because the joints will cease, the muscles will atrophy, I won't be able to do what the hips were designed to do. You see, if we don't commit to walking the journey with Christ, then salvation is almost a real. You will be saved. You will go to heaven. You, but, but God wants more for you than just making it to heaven. God wants the pain to go. God wants the limitation to go. You see, before I had my operation, I didn't surf for four years. And before I had my operation, I couldn't kick a ball with my kids because if I kicked it once, I, was al I almost couldn't walk for two days. And then the pain was so bad that I'd sleep an hour and a night. But I had a five and a half operation, I had brand new hips. Well, after two months, I started doing more vigorous uh, rehabilitation and I'd see the physiotherapist and I'd now I'm doing exercises. They're getting me to do deep squats. That's probably not that deep, is it? I did do real, really deep squats. And you gotta hold that squat. And then you gotta come halfway over and then you gotta crab walk. And it hurt. And I didn't like it. But if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be able to walk. So 12 months on, after doing what the doctor told me, do you know my surgeon, who was an absolutely brilliant man, he said, if you do every single thing I say, you will get to the end of this process and be like brand new. Okay, so this year, one year on, I've done a surf trip to Indonesia. I've ridden now almost close to 2,000 kilometers. I did 1,000 kilometers for charity. I'm being transformed. And I'm not there yet. The process is still going to be about another six to 12 months because this one's probably about 80%. This one's probably about 70%. I've still got nerve damage and some pain in my leg. But I can do far more now than I could back then because there's been a transformation that's taken place in my life. We need to commit as painful as it is. I don't like physiotherapists. They're beautiful people, but I don't like them. It's like you go to the, the house of torture. Just do this. I don't want to do that. Just roll over because I'm going to push here and then I'm going to lift your leg. No, that hurts. Yeah, I know it hurts, but it's going to loosen the muscles. It's going to release the ligaments. Some of us are bound up and, and, and tight because we haven't done the exercises needed to find the release. 
Some of us just don't read our words. Some of us just don't pray. Some of us don't go to connect group and, and, and do life in fellowship because it's painful. Because it, it, people might see who I really am. Let them see who you really are, warts and all. And guess what? You'll be loved and you'll be accepted and you'll be encouraged. And we will, we will cause you to move forward in life because we're going to go to faith for you. We're going to stand in the gap and say, you know what? We, we're believing with you. You're not doing this alone. You're not fighting this battle on your own. You're not walking through this, carrying it on your own. I'm going to carry it with you. Amen. So I've still got a way to go. But so do we all. We accept Christ, but that's not the transformation. That's the start of the process. That's the start of the journey. Participate in the process. I wanted this morning to focus on, on Saul. Saul, who was formerly Paul. Saul, who was breathing fiery threats against the church. He was destroying Christians. who was happily seeing people put to their death. He was a zealot for what he believed was the cause of Christ. Representing God. But... He had a moment, an encounter with God, but God said, no, don't, don't focus on him, focus on David. So this morning, just briefly, how much time have I got? If I look at that, I did it twice. So 12 hours now, I got 12 minutes now, I got 24. <laughs> David was the youngest of eight brothers. He was disregarded. He was, he was overlooked. He was despised. He, was, he was, was not even on the radar, but God wanted to anoint a king. And, and I don't know if you know the story, but the story in, in 1 Samuel 16 and 1 Samuel 17 is that David was anointed king long before he came king. You see, he was anointed for, for a position of royalty. He was anointed for authority. He was anointed to rule and reign, but he was just a boy. There was a process that had to be outworked for him to become what God had created him to be and called him to be. But he was, in, in 1 Samuel 17, the, the, the prophet comes to Jesse, his father, and says, uh, God's going to anoint one of your boys to be king. Uh, bring them before me. He was so overlooked, Jesse assembled seven of the brothers, not eight. He just left David out in the field because he's, he's the shepherd boy. Everybody else, my, my, my first son is tall, good looking, handsome, a warrior. No, God hasn't chosen him. Second brother comes in, tall, handsome, a warrior, good look. No, God hasn't chosen Because the Bible says that God doesn't look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. He's not looking at you in your limited state. He's looking at your heart. And, and the Bible encourages us to have a soft heart before God, to, to, to not let our, our heart become hard and stony, not to put walls up around our life, but to allow ourselves to be, remain soft and pliable. Because when we're soft and pliable, God can do something with our life. He, he can lead us along the path that he has for us. But David's overlooked. As I said, he's, he's disregarded. He's out in the field. But Jesse gets through all seven brothers and says, is there any more? Is this all of them? Because God's rejecting all of them. He's saying, no, it's none of them. He said, well, there's one other one. He's, he's ruddy and good looking. He's this little little kid that we kind of don't talk about, but he's out in the field. I'm one of seven. When you're one of a large family, it's easy to hide. It's easy to be overlooked. It's easy for people not to recognize you because you're just one of all of them. And we, you turn up in a van. Everybody else comes in a sedan. You turn up in a van and you're all dressed weird. You all wear the same thing. It's, it's weird. But it's, but it's easy to hide. If I don't want to do so, it's easy to hide. If I don't want to be noticed, it's easy to hide. That wasn't David, but David still was being overlooked. And so the, the, the prophet says, we will not sit down until he comes. And as he comes, God says, anoint him. That's the one I've chosen. And I want to encourage you here today that you are the one that God has chosen. 
You are the one that God wants to anoint. You are the one that God wants to transform and put his hand of favor and blessing upon. He wants you to excel in life. He wants you to succeed in life. He wants you to bring down giants that are threatening your very existence. And I want to encourage you, see yourself as the one that God favors. It says that God's no respecter of persons, that he doesn't favor one above the other, but we can position ourselves to allow the hand of God to come upon us to excel us in life. Just as I'm reading through this, I, I, I thought of four things that stood out to me about David that I believe helped him in his transformation from a poet-riding shepherd boy who was out in the fields smelling like sheep to becoming a, a giant slaying king of Israel who led God's people into victory, who led God's people into prosperity and favor. Amen? The first thing that I, that I believe service. David was anointed as king, but he served everybody. His heart was a soft heart that found its place of service wherever he went because he served his father out, out with the sheep. He served his brothers because he bought them food. He served his king, King Saul, when a troubling spirit would come. He would play the harp and it would leave. He, he served, and he served his nation because he decided to stand in the gap. Let no man's heart fail because of this uncircumcised Philistine. I will fight him. He will, you know, he will be like the lion and the bear that I've taken down because my God, he's not fighting me, he's fighting God. And, and what I love is he served. And I want to encourage you, have you found your place of service? Because we're a body, we're a family. This is a home. Every single person has a place within the house. Every single person has a place within the body. And I want to encourage you, the greatest days of your life will be those in, in service of others, in service of God, in service of the call of God, the plans and purposes of God. Like Melissa said before, that the, the greatest mission and the greatest delight is, is building the house of God. And it's the very thing that Jesus committed. I will build the church. I will build my house and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, so we're no more like God than when we're serving in his house and building the kingdom and making space for others to enter into that. The second thing is this, uh, that I think helped him along his journey is David was excellent. He was excellent in everything. He never accepted mediocrity. He never accepted just enough or that'll do or Shiva's dad said, look after the sheep, but I'd rather do poetry. So they'll be all right over there. I hope a lion and a bear doesn't come. I hope, a you know, whatever it is. He, he excelled in all he did. When a troubling spirit would come to Saul because the anointing for king had been lifted from his life, they said, go and find us someone who excels, uh, who plays the harp well, who plays the guitar well, who's good at what they do. They brought them before the king and he said, I want him to come and join my house because he's good at what he does. It says in Proverbs 22, 29, it says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. You don't have to have a name, you don't have a title, you don't have to have a position. You can excel at whatever it is that you do. And when you excel at whatever it is you do, God will elevate you. God is the one that promotes. God is the one that lifts up. The Bible says, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. God wants to exalt you and put a, a spotlight on your life from heaven. It doesn't matter if you're starting a pizza shop. When you honor God, God puts a, a, your favorite of heaven. It doesn't matter, you know, what, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you do, do it with all of your heart. The Bible says, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. You're not doing it for money. You're not doing it for other people. You're doing it to honor God because God is reflected through your, your life and your nature. Amen? Is this all right? Third thing is he was a worshiper. I think these things helped progress him along the, the, the path and the plan that God has for him towards transformation because he worshiped his way through every situation he found himself in. 
He worshipped while he was in the field. He worshipped while he was delivering food. He worshipped while he was serving the king. He worshipped while he was facing a giant. In everything he did, you know, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It, it, it says, um, rejoice, always pray without seeking, give thanks in all circumstances. There, there, there is a point of thanks that we can find in every circumstance we find ourselves in. And I don't know where you find yourself, I don't know what you go through, but, but worship your way through the troubles. Paul and Silas in the darkest part of the, in the 12th hour of the night, in the darkest part of the prison, you strapped to a floor, chained to a floor, rats running around, mud and muck and grime all around, started to worship God. It says, and God heard from heaven. And, and there was a great sound as of thunder and the, the walls of the prison shook. The chains fell from every prisoner and they were freed. I'm telling you, worship is a freeing element that will unlock your soul, that will set you on a new trajectory. When I get, you know, down and, 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 I'm, and I'm negative and I'm, I'm pessimistic and I'm, I'm like, woe is me, that's where I travel to. But when I get optimistic and faith-filled and full of hope and vision, that's where I start to travel. And my circumstances seem to pale and fade away, and I can see beyond. Why? Because my help comes from the Lord. I lift my eyes to the hills to where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Your help will come from the Lord each and every time you need it, because He's faithful to the faithful. He doesn't pull back. He doesn't withdraw. He is there with you in the very situation. The Bible says that He's, he's like one, like a brother, that or one that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. He was a worshiper. Uh, and and I, I love it that, that even in the midst of battle, he's worshiping. He says, you come against me with sword and spear and shield, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he always worshiped God. He said, my God is beyond you. My God is bigger than you. If everybody else fails and falls away, I'm still going to face you head on because God inside of me gives me strength, gives me hope, and I can see towards the future that I've been created for. And the fourth thing is this. Um, so he served he excelled, he worshipped, and he went to war. Too many Christians lay down and just accept what happens in life. You don't have to just accept uh, the lie of the enemy. You just don't have to accept circumstance and happenstance and everything that comes. You can stand up. The Bible says when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. I want to encourage you, if you've sat down in life, if you've just said, well, this is as good as it gets. This is my life and this is my future. I want to encourage you this morning, stand back up. Let God transform you. Let God strengthen you. It says, let the weak say, I am strong. It says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Go to that place of finding joy in the moment. There might be a storm swirling all around, but say, you know what? You are my strength, Lord God. I find my joy in you. I find my passion in you. God, lead me, guide me, be with me. And David, David knew that this giant wasn't going away. For 40 days and 40 nights, he's presented himself. So in other words, first thought of the day, last thought of the night, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to torment you. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what you're not. Let God tell you what you are. Let God show you through his word and by his spirit who you are, what you are. David knew who he was, whose he was, and what he had. And as a result, when everybody else who was trained for war, the king himself, when they retreated, where they pulled back, David stepped forward and said, this is the greatest opportunity I've ever been given. Your greatest opportunities lie on the other side of a battle. And the amazing thing is that when you walk through the valley of the shadow, you don't do it on your own. You do it surrounded and backed by heaven. You do it favored with angels on every side, you know, coming up behind you. David knew how to fight. I want to encourage you, get some fight on the inside of you. Don't give up. Don't, don't let just the smallest wind toss you around. Don't let the, the opinion of somebody just knock you back. Stand up and say, you know what? and start to speak i love what pastor jürgen he, he spoke i oh, know he didn't do it he, he did awake a message i took him down to brisbane that night and he did a message called prophesy in your valley 
So I, if you haven't listened to that, go on to C3 San Diego podcast and, and listen to Prophesy in Your Valley. We all find ourselves in valleys. We all find ourselves in storms. Don't talk about the storm. Don't talk about the valley, the steepness of the cliffs, the, the distance it is to, to veggie. Talk to the valley. Talk to your storm. Prophesy. Use what God has given you as a, as a creative force, as the power in your mind and in your mouth to declare what your future will be. I love it when it says in Ephesians 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil is relentless. He's a liar and a thief, but he's relentless. He will come against you. It says that the devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus speaks, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. He will come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's, that's a given. But the Bible also says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. There's not one weapon that the enemy forms against your life that can prosper when you stand in Christ. When you're committed to the journey of transformation, where you say, you know what, I am a new creation. Now I'm going to walk out the formation of that creation. And I'm going to step into the perfection that God has for my life. You know, it says, uh, be self-controlled and alert because the devil, your adversary, roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The only one who can devour is the one that's pulled himself out from the pack. But when we stand in faith and we, we stand as a community of believers, when we stand in Christ on that, that solid rock as the foundation of our world, the devil can't touch you. You are, you are clothed. You are marked with the power of heaven. It says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand uh, to be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Can I encourage you, even if this only gets you through to next Sunday, stand. Stand in, in faith, stand in truth, stand in power, stand knowing that you're part of a family that believes in you, stand. And I want to encourage you, do all you can to help others to stand. Katie last week brought 20 of her, her neighborhood to the house. The reason we had nearly 170 is people brought people. That's what God wants us to do. Bring people into his presence. Bring people into a place where seeds of faith can be sown and a relationship can be established. Because when people come in and go, they're not that real. I, I've heard about the church and I've heard about Christians. and I've heard, Well, they didn't represent that. They represented welcome. They re represented open arms. They represented generosity. They represented, wow, this is cool. I, I, can, I can be a part of this. Can I encourage you as we come to our Christmas production, every single week, invite somebody to church. Invite somebody to connect with. Invite somebody into your world. I love that you've just taken a whole lot of bags and the bags are for the community. She's going to get the unchurched to be a blessing in our community. How much more should we shine bright? How much more should we go, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to stretch. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to give of myself because I know the king and I want somebody else to know the king. I want somebody else to be blessed because of my faith and my walk and my transformation. See, because before you were saved, you might have been tight. But now God wants you to be generous. Before you might have been angry, but now God wants you calm. You, you might have been fearful, but He wants you to be full of faith. You might have been visionless with no, no hope or vision for the future. God wants to fill you afresh this morning with hope and vision and life. Amen. I've hardly even got to the message, but I'm going to ask you to stand so I can pray a blessing over you. You are so loved. You are so desired. You are created in the image of perfection, yet none of us are perfect. Just travel every day towards the face of Jesus.
just travel towards the presence of Jesus. Read your word. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Pray. Connect with King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I'm telling you, your life in one year, two years, five years, ten years' time will reflect a very different image than what it does today. Would you just lift your hands? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your graciousness in our life. I just pray blessing upon blessing upon blessing, favor, joy, peace, healing, deliverance, transformation right now over every single person standing before me today. We bless you, Lord Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we thank Christian for that great word this morning. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.